Wow. Thank you for leading worship for us so beautifully. Last week we started looking at the topic of time and Josh helped us to focus on the topic by taking a very practical view of it. And so we looked at how important it is to remember that we are stewards of the time that God has given us. And so we read the parable of the talents and we consider the talents that God has given us. And that there is a day that will come when God will inquire of us what we did with the time that he has given us to steward. And then Josh also helped us to remember that our time is actually under attack. And that the enemy wants us to waste as much of our time as possible chasing after meaningless stuff. And this led us to realize that actually planning our time is of great value. Now this evening I want us to add another layer to our understanding of time. But in doing so to consider it from a different perspective to the one that we did last time. And my hope is that at the end of this short series that we will be more resolute in our determination to be better stewards of the time that God has given us. And in doing so, we're going to read a, a short scripture from the gospel according to John and we're going to read from chapter 7 and we're going to read the first 10 verses of chapter 7. I'm going to read from the ESV. This is what it says. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, but not publicly, but rather in private. We as human beings are creatures of time. And, and I think that we can say that we are preoccupied with time. In fact, the, the Western lifestyle is dominated by considerations of time to such a degree that the clock is rivaled only by the printing press as the most influential invention of this millennium. Even right now, amidst the coronavirus pandemic, industries are asking about which point in time they can return to work in the way that they are used to. 
And there are so many things that we do just to save some time because time is so precious to us. And so we've got fast food. And even if you don't want to stand in the queue, you can go through the drive through which is going to save you even more time. We have online banking, which is faster and it's supposed to save you time. We have faster vehicles now than ever before. And all of these things are there to save time. We go to work. And how much you get paid is determined by how much time you spend at work. You get paid an hourly rate. When someone does something against the law, the punishment could be an imprisonment which revolves around time in society being taken away from the perpetrator. Time is very important to us. But time is also very important to God. However, God sees time and operates with time different to how we operate in time. God controls time. In Joshua chapter 10 and verse 12, we see how God actually made time to stand still for Joshua. And then there's also the understanding that God operates outside of time. And so the, we understand that God is not governed by time in the way that we are. And so for the next few minutes, I want us to consider time the way God considers time. And as we consider the, the short text that we read, there are three points that I'd, I'd like us to consider. When we look at John chapter 7 and verse 6, we see that Jesus says to his brothers, who are advising him to go and do some miracles at the feast to make himself known, that his time was not yet here. But he says to his brothers, yet your time is always opportune. Jesus was making a contrast between how he lived in view of God's time versus how his brothers lived their lives. And this actually brings us to the first point. And the first point is this. Since life is short and eternity is for forever, we should live by God's time, not by man's time. Jesus' brothers were telling him what they thought he should do to make himself known, which wasn't necessarily a bad idea because there would be lots of people gathered and he would get many to follow and believe. <clears throat> but Jesus' brothers were thinking as man thinks. And so they visualized how Jesus could maximize his impact. But Jesus was thinking as God thinks. You know, and so sometimes we also follow how the world thinks and how the world wants to do things. And then we bring that way of thinking into our way of life as believers and there's this clash that happens and then we wonder why things don't always work out in the way that we want them to work out. 
You see, thinking as God thinks goes against what the world thinks and the way the world thinks. The world, I, th I believe, thinks about fame, it thinks about success, it thinks about money, wealth, pride, and all of those other things. But God thinks about eternal things. He thinks about things that we can't always see physically or touch. He thinks about how we treat each other. He considers how we worship Him and how we pray to see His kingdom come. We see now with the pandemic how countries are needing to choose between lives and livelihoods. And this is a complicated decision to make, which is why we actually need to consult God. You know, we can always make more money, but we can't always make more lives. Life is short. Psalm 90 says that we can expect to live to the age of 70 and maybe 80 if we are strong. And those years are, in the, in the words of the psalmist, soon gone and then we fly away. It also tells us that we need to number our days so that we can make the most of our time. This informs us to not waste time on things that don't matter. A short while ago I read the saying that says, The young use their health chasing wealth, while the old use their wealth chasing health. And this brings us to the second point. Sometimes living by God's time seems foolish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says the, something like, The cross is foolishness to those who reject him, but to us who are called it is God's power and his wisdom. Coming back to the, verse, to the, the text that we read, I'm sure that Jesus' brothers must have thought to themselves that Jesus wasn't thinking straight. That Jesus should do all that he could to reach as many people as he could. To travel and to speak often and maybe even to tone down his message to people. So that it would be more comfortable and so that people could feel more comfortable about following him. And so they even may have thought that Jesus was being foolish. And so also we are, as being followers of Christ, the world will think that we are foolish because it goes against what the world believes and practices. I'm sure that some secular marketing executives could come up with some really catchy and engaging ways of drawing people to come to church. But I somehow don't think that Jesus is as concerned with big numbers and flashy presentations as we are. Also, sometimes we want God to do something for us now. But he seemingly at times doesn't respond Sometimes we pray 
and we ask for something, but then it doesn't happen in the way that we want it to happen. I'm sure all of us have experienced that at some point in time. And if you haven't, I'm sure you'll experience it in the future. But we have to remember that nothing happens by chance. God is in control of everything and His timing is not always our timing. I don't think that we should be put off when it seems like God is against us. Because sometimes we look at the success of other people and we wonder, why is God not doing that for me? But remember this. In the context of time, in the way that God views it, all of this is only temporary. There is an eternity that awaits us. There is a future beyond this. And things are not always going to be this way. And, and when we read through the Bible, we see that the scriptures are always making a distinction between the temporal and the eternal. The now versus the not yet. And that brings us to our next point, which is, don't put off what God is asking you to do now. We see that in verse 6. So if you want to live by God's time and not waste your life living by man's time, then the first order of business, I think, is to trust in Jesus as Savior. Jesus says to his brothers, that the time is always okay for them. When we are young, we think that we have so much time ahead of us. And so what we do is, we put off things that may be important. And so there is this perception that when you accept the Lord as Savior, that your life is going to come to an end and you won't be able to do anything fun any longer. And you believe that your friends are going to reject you and think that you are boring and maybe then even that they would leave you. Because what you are saying is, you are actually saying in that context, yes to the world and no to God. And by extension, yes to sin and no to righteousness. And so I ask myself the question, and so you would ask yourself the question, where is the fun? Is it fun speaking badly of others? Is it fun doing things that we deem to be wrong? Is it fun getting, as an example, getting drunk and having headaches? Or feeling nauseous and, and throwing up? Is it fun being a drug addict? Is it fun not having God's favor? I have to say also that being a Christian is not always easy. There is suffering that comes along with being a follower of Jesus. And sometimes people will reject you. And sometimes people will say bad things about you and avoid you because they know now that you are a follower of Jesus. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus suffered. 
And most of the apostles suffered gruesome deaths for being followers of Jesus. Most of the time doing the right thing goes against the flow of what everybody else is doing. Because sometimes your friends aren't doing it and they want you to join in and it's not easy saying no. But Revelations chapter 21 verses 1 to 8 tells us that the reward is worth the suffering. And this is what Revelations 21 verses 1 to 8 says. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer is. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with him, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there will be no more death, nor mourning, nor crying out. Nor will there be any more pain, for the first things passed away. And he, sitting on the throne, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who thirsts, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely. He who overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God. And he will be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars will have their part in the lake burning with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God has given us time to steward. And it's very important that we view that time in the way that God views time. We are stewards of the time that God has given us. And we need to make the best use of that time that we can. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you had created us. And that you have given each one of us a portion of time to steward. Lord, as we consider this time that you had given us, we ask that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us discernment, that you would give us boldness to see time in the way that you see time and to be good stewards of the time that you had given us. And so, Father, even this evening as we think deeper about how we spend our time and what we do with our time, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would always be present with us, that you would be the one guiding us, that you would be the one informing us of what the best way would be for us to use our time. So, Lord, we thank you for this time that we could have spent. 
again meditating on your word and finding encouragement in it. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.